gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Unangst, and today we have the bonus episode. While I was talking to you guys yesterday on the podcast, if you guys were there listening to me break down uh, Depoy, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. If you guys have not gotten a chance to listen to his podcast episodes, I fully, 100% just recommend you guys listen to those episodes. Really good episodes on the MVP and Rookie of the Year, and then of course, breaking down Depoy and all those other awards. I mentioned to you guys yesterday, I was letting you guys know that I was going to be doing a special podcast episode on the Phoenix Suns. Just a very quick one detailing their current slump. I think you can say that they're just in a bad situation right now. It, 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 it started out losing to Sacramento. And now it's continuing with their loss to Milwaukee. I'm not that concerned with Milwaukee. As I was concerned with Sacramento and Golden State, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why in a bit. But we are we're on a four game win streak after losing to Milwaukee this past Sunday. So then we went on after we lost to Milwaukee, we went on to beat Charlotte, Chicago, Dallas, Oklahoma City. Then we've lost because Charlotte, if you guys remember, March first, even though it's not, it seems like a very long time ago, Suns beat. The Hornets with Kevin Durant. That was Kevin Durant's beginnings. That was his debut, his road debut. And then he balled out against Chicago. Same with Dallas in that that fashion. Because that was a very good game, a very tense game. Devin Booker and Luka Doncic got into it. And then we see Kevin Durant gets hurt. And I think the Suns are just being cautious with him. I think he's being cautious because it didn't look as bad as an injury to where he would need three weeks off. I think the team's just being cautious. I think, yeah, he could have been out for like a week or two, but I think they're just being very, very cautious, which makes sense. But, even though he's only been missing 8 to 11 games, this is not a good stretch because without Kevin Durant, they're 1-4. Because you see here on Wednesday, March 8th, a week exactly, seven days later, they're not they're not with Kevin Durant anymore. Because during warm-ups, of course, the cleanup crew, they can't do their jobs correctly. They hurt Kevin Durant. And at Vernon, I get it. But still, frustrating nonetheless. They get the win without KD. But then, three days later, come that Saturday, March 11th, they lose to Sacramento 128 to 119. They lose to Golden State on Monday 123 112. And then yesterday night they lost to Milwaukee 116 104. 
they don't play again till tomorrow on the 16th, so they're going to get that mini break. But still, um, it's actually kind of disappointing. So, I want to start with Kevin Durant. I don't think we should be fearing about Kevin Durant, to be honest, because I think Kevin Durant will come back and he'll just be just fine. I think he'll be fine. I honestly do believe that. I think there's just more caution than anything surrounding him. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say. I don't think that they're like, okay, this is a marathon, not a sprint, so they're just trying to pace him. I honestly don't think that. I just, yeah, I. I, ju I just don't think that we're. I don't seem to be worried about Kevin Durant. It's not the biggest injury in the world that he's ever suffered or any player could possibly suffer. So I wouldn't be getting wrapped up in all of that. I just wouldn't. So I assume when it comes to Kevin Durant, he's just going to have to run his course and they're going to be very cautious with him. Again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you're looking at the future, not the present, even though it's going to get really rocky. And I'm going to bring up their schedule soon before I talk about what's happening in these free games. But real quick, before we jump into today's bonus podcast episode, you know, guys, you guys know where to find me. Besides courtsheat.com, you can find me on twitter.com slash courtsheat, facebook.com slash courtsheat, instagram.com slash courtsheat. You can find me practically anywhere and everywhere. So yeah, guys, just, yeah, just, just go to one of those, just like, subscribe, do all you can, especially if you're listening to this on YouTube. Definitely like, definitely subscribe, send this to family and friends, because these are bangers for sure, but this is such essential news, and such essential breakdowns, and this again, this is a bonus podcast episode, this will not be happening every Wednesday morning, but when there's something important like this, I definitely will go out of my normal schedule and create bonus content, because why not? But my normal routine, my normal schedule is Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday for podcast droppings. So with that being said, guys, you know where to find me. And let's just break down this schedule. Let's let's break it down. Let's break down this schedule. I'm going to go to the end of March. I'm going to go to the end of March. Because that's when we can start to expect the return of Kevin Durant. That'll be three weeks, right? Yeah. So, because you would have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games. 12 games that he'll be missing. And that was the timeline around in and around those 12 games. If it was a quote-unquote traditional three weeks and they're going to stick to the routine. Just bearing that he doesn't suffer a setback. So, the good news for the Suns, this first or they're taking on Orlando. Look, they're taking on Orlando. I know they're coming off a of back-to-back, but they're taking on Orlando. If they lose to Orlando, then we have bigger issues than any of this. It's just like the Celtics losing to the Rockets. 
Like, that's actually pretty perfect. That's when you know a team's not doing so well in that period. Great team, just really bad stretch of basketball. Same could be said for the Suns. I think the same could be applied. I truly do believe that. So you're going to be able to beat Orlando. Oklahoma City, that's a different story. Just from the perspective that they're fighting. They're in the playing tournament. They're in and around the playing tournament, and they can make a legitimate run for a uh, for that playoff push, for that playoff spot. So you can't rule them out. That's going to be tough. And then you got to face the Lakers again. you got to face the Lakers. And real quick, the Thunder in eighth. So they're in and around that playing spot. They need to make it to six to get out of playing, which it's not inconceivable. Inconceivable. In fact, it's pro it's highly probable. They're only two games behind, sixth and fifth. So that says a lot. So if they win their next four games, let's say the Clippers and Warriors and Timberwolves, they're rocky. They're right there at the sixth and fifth, which is something very, very interesting to think about. Very interesting to think about. So there's a lot to be said about that. Now I know they blew out the Thunder. I know they. I knew they blew out the Thunder by thirty-one points. I get that they beat them by thirty. I get that Booker had forty-four, but there's always a different beast, and I get it that you're riding off the momentum of Dallas, Chicago, Charlotte, and you're building on to that momentum. And I know Devin Booker wanted to go ball out because Kevin Durant couldn't go. I get all that, but now you have to face. The consequences of this skid, you have to face consequences of how bad this loss, this losing streak, is. Because these are against free quality teams. So you should be able to rebound against Orlando. You're going to have a little tough matchup come 12.30pm on Sunday, March 19th. But you should be able to beat them. Los Angeles, you should be able to beat them. But then you're going up against Sacramento and Philly. That's tough. And you got to go to Utah, come back home against Minnesota, stay at home for against Denver, home or away for Oklahoma, then San Antonio, Denver, Los Angeles, LA. The quote unquote easy games are going to be Orlando and San Antonio. I honestly do believe that. So they only have two more free games, two free guaranteeing a win games. Because they have to play Denver two more times. They have to play um, OKC two more times. They got to play LA one more time. They got to play Clippers one more time. They got to play Philly one more time. They got to play Utah one more time. And Utah is not as bad. That's, that's a little more, what, less harsh? But I don't know about the Suns. Because the Suns, despite them winning, had to go to OT against the San Antonio team. Now, they were 26-25 and 25 after the win, so let that be known. But still, so we've had our hardships, but it's definitely not been easy. It's not been easy. So we have a lot on the line. I don't think that the Suns can't get to second now. There have to be a lot of dominoes. There have to be a lot of things. Because they're three and a half games out of third now. They're in fourth. And they're four and a half games out of second. They're out of second. Third, third becoming a little more unrealistic. Sadly, it's just that way. 
I hate to be that way, just it is. So, take that as you will. And since we're taking it that way, the king's proud of our number. And if you guys, you guys have not seen that podcast episode, highly recommend you guys go check it out because, man, kings are rolling and their head coach is going to be doing very, very well. Michael Brown is going to be doing very, very well for himself. They're 40 and 26, 19 13 away. So with that being said, just laying some of the groundwork for the standings, I just wanted to say one more thing. The Warriors are only a half a game behind. That's not our breathing room. Same for the Clippers. So Suns, they need to start winning. They absolutely need to start winning. Undoubtedly so. So, I, I want to talk about this. Where do we begin? So, if you guys saw the Kings game, you saw the Kings Suns game, this was a must win game to try to contend for second, right? Because you're like, well, Phoenix is still leading the series 2 1. Sure, I get they got pumping out on the 24th. But when you're looking at that, if you would have won that game, and since the Kings lost again, and now they're 40 and 27, they would have actually been uh, 39 and 28. And the Suns being 38 and 30. That would have eased up things a bit. And that, I think that would have kind of changed the momentum for the Suns against. The Bucks and the Warriors. At least I, I, I want to believe that. I do want to believe that. I think that is possible. Also, on, real, real quick, I have to check some. Um, my apologies. 37-32. Yeah, that's the Suns' current record. Okay. Sorry, mine did not update on my end. My bad. But no, so... Dallas obviously snapped the Phoenix Suns' four-game winning streak and moved the Kings' three-and-a-half games ahead of the Suns for the number for, number for number three seed in the Western Conference playoff race. Um, Darren Fox, Harrison Barnes, Malik Monk, they used a balanced effort attack to take down the Phoenix Suns. There was no Phoenix rising in that game. There was no Phoenix Rising. And every time we see these teams play, it's relatively close. It's within 11 points every single time. The highest time one of these two teams won was 11 by the Phoenix Suns for Game 2. And that was last month. That was February 14th. Think about that. But... Devin Booker, 11 of 19, shooting for Phoenix, scored 28. DeAndre was had 22 points and 12 rebounds. And Chris Paul added 16 points, 16 assists. The Suns just lost the edge. And we're starting to see something. There's a common theme between the Kings game, the, the Warriors game, and even to a certain extent the Bucks game, even though the Bucks are just gifted. Uh, free throws by the refs. I'm going to break that down because it's truly astonishing. Truly astonishing in my opinion. 
It's actually very enraging. It's actually very enraging, but I'm going to talk about it in a bit. I want to let you guys know something. You remember when I came out and I said, Hey, I like to trade. I love that we got Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is one of my most favorite players. I always wanted to come to the Phoenix Suns. But I said getting rid of Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges is going to be a mistake. Or more so Mikel Bridges. Because Mikel Bridges, we could have controlled. Cam Johnson, we were never going to agree upon a price. So I just knew that his coffin was sealed. That he was going to, that he was dead as a Phoenix Sun. And the only way he was going to come back to life was with a different team. Mikel Bridges, he was not dead. He was not going to be put away. Actually, it was the complete opposite. I did not want Mikel Bridges to go. I'm Yes, I made trade packages involving Mikel Bridges because the rumors were ramping up and I was trying to feed into them to show you guys what the Suns would have to give up, including Mikel Bridges, for the Nets to say yes to a Kevin Durant trade. Did I want Mikel Bridges to go? No. And in those deals, Doro Sarge was not like Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. What I mean by that? What I mean is that the Suns are now showing that they do not have two-way players. They do not have offense and defensive players. Offensive and defensive players do not exist. That was built in with Kevin Durant, but this shows you. So if you look at the Kings game, you saw Chris Paul, 16-16. Devin Booker, 28. And then you saw... Deion Drain, 22-12. and 20, uh, That's your big free. That's your big free. They can't... They did everything they could, but they got outpowered. And Josh Okogi also had 15. He also had 15. With a block, an assist, and a... I'm sorry, no assist, but a steal. But the, but the bench was weak. And you found out that, yes, Terrence Ross scored 18, but he's no two-way player. He revealed to everyone, and this was known for some time, that he was no two-way player, but it's revealed and confirmed for anyone that had a lingering doubt. Terrence Ross is a fine guard. He's a fine shooting guard. But by no means on this green earth is he... A two-way player. And that's a problem. Because you're going to get endings like these. You simply are. And you're going to get endings where their bench gets destroyed by another team's bench. Because they can't defend. So let's eliminate the starting five. Because Josh Kogi, nice two-way player. Devin Booker. Amazing two-way player for the most part. His defense is good, but not Kevin Durant style good. Not Chris Paul level good, especially when he was in his prime. But let's rule out DA, CP3, D-Book, Josh Akogi. Let's rule him out. Torrey Craig, he's been hot and cold this season. He's been hot and cold this season. I like Torrey Craig. I do. But... Look, he's only given so much with seven, five, and one and a half per game. Just is. Those aren't starting numbers. And he's only in here because KD is out. 
I, I don't mean to be disrespectful towards court towards Tory Craig. Gosh, I can't speak today. Mind my brain is being dumb today. But no, you guys know where I'm coming from. So exclude Tory Craig because Tory Craig's not a starting player. So he's a fine athlete. He's a he's a good athlete, but a fine two-way player. He's not this excellent guy. He's not a model two-way player. Tory Craig's not really a two-way player, but if he has to step up, he will. Defensively, he's good. Offensively, no. In that game, he had four points, but seven defensive rebounds. That helps. And plus, he had two steals. So he's better defensively than offensively. So he's just a one-trick pony. It's not a two-trick pony. It's just one-trick pony. Josh Okoge, on the other hand, he give you locked-out defense. he give you great offense. He, he makes sense as a starter. He does. DA, obviously. CP3, of course. D-Book, of course. Ish Wainwright, he's not a two-way player. What do I mean? He's not the greatest two-way player. He In 15 minutes, you can't go one of seven and contribute nothing offensively. And get no rebounds either. And that's in 15 minutes. And that was the most um, besides Terrence Ross. So him and Terrence Ross combined for 38 minutes. That was the most on the bench. That was the most on the bench. Most on the bench. Terrence Ross thrives at playing offense. Defense, no. H. Wayne Wright. He's a fine bench player, but he's no two-way player. TJ Warren, gosh, he's awful. He's not a bubble Warren. I need people to start getting their he their head put back on the right way. TJ Warren is not this elite athlete anymore, what people saw. He's just a 29-year-old averaging six minutes per game. A point and two rebounds. He's meaningless on the Suns. He's not who he once was on Phoenix in 2017-2018. He wasn't this prolific scorer like he used to be. Or this great, good player. Not great, but good player when he was of Indy. It's just different. It's absolutely different. And the Suns have this mediocre role from. It's not the Suns' fault. It's not TJ Warren's fault. Well, it is. But you guys get where I'm coming with TJ Warren. Bismarck Biombo. He is definitely not a two-way player. But it goes beyond the stats. He's a body that can be used. His frame allows for him to play solid defense. Jock Lindell. He's not a two-way player. There's Baisley. Uh, not a two-way player. He's only averaging five, three, and almost one off of 44% from the field this season. He's he's pretty much like an R.H. Wainwright. There's nothing wrong with that. Just saying. So in the pantheon of all things being considered, you're left with who? Landry Shaman? You're left with Landry Shaman. 
And everyone may not like him, including me, because he's very inconsistent. He's a very rocky player. But Landry Shaman, when healthy and when good and having his one of his good performances, he's a decent two-way player. So I'm just gonna let you guys know this. The Suns have a problem. The Suns have a problem. They traded away two good to two good two-way players to get one Hall of Famer. And a guy that doesn't play more than six minutes a game. I love Kevin Durant, but when you don't have Kevin Durant, you don't have that Hall of Fame player, future Hall of Fame player. It's like, what the heck's happening? Well, what the heck happens is you get a bench where you see Trail Isles, you see Malik Monk, Davian Mitchell, uh, Kessler Edwards. You see all these guys, and me too. You see all these guys um, go off, get nine plus points. Me too was the only guy who did not score double digits, but he did get nine. So you see the point difference. You see the efficiency difference. And you can also see that rebounds. If you want to break it up offensively, defensively, you can see that in the steals, you can see it in the block. Like, me too. Free assist. Terrence, oh, I'm sorry, me too. Free steals. No one else on the Suns bench had a steal besides Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross had two. Um, here. Let's look at this. Malik Monk had five assists. The only person who came close to that on the bench was campaign with two. Karen Ross was the only one that was going neck to neck with Malik Monk. With 18. But he had a minus 18 plus slash minus. Malik Monk had a plus 20. So you guys get where I'm coming from. The bench is weak. The Suns bench got outplayed. Just that simple. And the problem is that the firepower on the bench outweighed the firepower on the Suns bench. That's a fact. The Suns were able to hold on because they had Devin Booker 28, Chris Paul 16, DA 22, Josh Kogi 15, then Tory Craig was just straggling along. We just. Hopping on with four points, but he had those seven defensive rebounds, a total of two steals. So that worked. It proved himself to be valuable in that game defensively. And it went neck to neck with the, uh, Sabonez, with Barnes, with Murray. Right? Says a lot. I'm sorry, not Murray. Murray was awful. Um. Darren Fox. Sorry, I was reading the wrong style. My apologies. So, when you consider all of that, you isolate. So, pretty much, I'm just going to say this. The starting lineup got canceled out. It came down to the bench. And when you don't have two-way players, because Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, when, when Mikel was starting and when Cam was coming off that bench, 
you knew you were going to get some form of positive production, especially when they were cooking, especially when the twins were heating up and getting through their, during the slump or if they were coming back from injury. Or, okay, really, Cam Johnson, because Mikael Bridges really never misses a game. So, there's a problem. Two-way players, a massive, massive weakness in the Phoenix Suns system, in their roster right now. And there's not enough rotations in the world. That's true what it is. Because you saw the Kings finish the game with a 13-4 run. They outscored. Phoenix in the fourth quarter, 32 to 24. That's eight point difference. Sure, Phoenix had this great third quarter, and I appreciate that, but the Kings had the Suns' number. They just did. It was a competitive game, yes and no. The largest lead for the Suns were 11. The largest lead for the Kings was 10. The Suns fouled more. They had 7 more fouls that they were called for. So they were able to capitalize on more. And when I say capitalize, you're about to find out. So you're like, oh, it's only 7 more fouls. Phoenix Suns shot 22 free throws. The Kings shot 37. They made 31. That's 31 to 18. That's a 13 point difference. So that says a lot. So we were broken down. The refs gave some more calls to the Kings. But nonetheless, it got really, really bad for the Suns. Because you can't be shooting 29.5% from deep. But it's only a difference of two free. So I'm not going to act like that's the biggest deal. The Suns shot better. They made more. The Suns made more shots than the Kings. The only difference was that the free throws was the biggest contributor. And then you had the late game stretch. The Suns were hot. Then when they're not, and it got very, very ugly, very, very quickly. It's sad for the Suns this season, especially when injuries were rampant, or they were just not having a good game. That happened. That happened uh, too darn well. And we know that feeling. It's a feeling we all hate, but it's a feeling we all know. I just want people to recognize that what the Suns have right now here is a problem. They had The Kings used their late run and stellar bench to push themselves past the Phoenix Suns. Sacramento outplayed them on the bench. That was the biggest difference. And when we gave up their starts for Darius Baisley, there's a difference. Not the biggest deal in the world, but still there's a difference. And when you gave up two solid pieces, there were major concerns on if it would hold up. And I'm not being reactionary. I'm just going to say this. I'm not being reactionary just based off these free losses. I care about us about the free losses. So I'm looking at the bigger picture, but I'm just saying it makes us wonder what would have happened if we would have kept Mikhail. I'm not blaming Matt Ishby. I'm not blaming any of these guys, but just saying there's always going to be a big concern. We all knew that 
before, during, and after the Kevin Durant trade. We all knew that. Then what happened? What happened? Our words nightmares came to true. Mikhail Bridges, Brooklyn Bridges, he's balling. He's popping off. Same with Cam Johnson. The Suns here are now struggling to find their new identity in this bench because this bench is so crappy that we have to somehow readjust everything because you can't have just 18, 20, 25, 29, 31, 34 points coming off the bench when you have 18, 31, uh, 43, 52, 65 points. There's a 30-point difference on the bench. Cam Johnson would have given you an easy 15. You're making up for it. And now would have gave the Suns the victory. Heck, even if you only gave them 8 or 9, they would have made it closer. I'm just saying. Bench players matter. Two-way players matter. And I, the Suns, while capitalizing on a huge trade, now have to suffer from that trade because Kevin Durant's injured. And with the West being so tight, wow, stupid voice crack. While the West is being so tight, they have to now say, we can't go to fifth, we can't go to sixth. Because you go to seventh, you're in the playing tournament. And you're like, that ain't going to happen in the free world. Well, guess what, buddy? We're actually nearing it. And if we keep losing, because let's say we beat Orlando, great. Then if we keep losing, to Sacramento, we keep trying to claw away against both LA teams. Against the OKC Thunder. It's going to get real ugly up in here real fast. And that's just the truth. What I'm spitting is the real truth. So, am I blowing these free games out of proportion? Heck no. Why? Because we're half a game behind six. I'm sorry, in front of six. We're two and a half in front of seventh. You tell me that like, we can't drop? That like, ain't going to happen? Watch it. If we keep having performances like these, it's going to get worse. And you're like, that's reactionary. You're just like everyone else reacted. No, I'm looking at the standings. I'm looking at the Suns play. We've done this song and dance before. This ain't new. This simply is not new. And sadly, it could be getting worse. I'm not going to be a fear monger here, but what I am going to say is the Suns need to get their act together. And I thought to myself, look, we have the back. We have the back-to-back. Right, we have the back to back coming up, so we get a day off. We get to go face the Warriors. We get to avenge ourselves. We're free and no, we get the clean sweep. That was one of the most ugliest games I ever saw. One of the most horrific, gut wrenching, wants to make me puke everywhere games. I'll get it, we want home. Clay Thompson ain't forgetting anything. And Suns got their booties hand to them. 
I just want to let you guys know something. Devin Booker scored 32. DeAndre had a solid 27 and 12. I'm going to read you the box score. Tory Craig, once again, couldn't do anything. He got a little bit of rebounds. Well, I'm not actually going to take that back. He couldn't do anything offensively. He's not a two-way player. He got two points offensively. He did really nothing offensively with one assist. That's nothing offensively. But defensively, one steal, two blocks, and three defensive rebounds. Three defensive rebounds, yeah. Um, so, a one-way player is not going to help you. Josh Akogi, 11 points. He was lacking defensively. DeAndre, he balled out. He was he was a two-play player. Chris Paul, 11-11. You take it as it is. He also got the steal. And then you see Devin Booker going off for 32, 4-1-2. But guys, make no mistake. I'm about to read you this. I'm about, I'm about to read you this, guys. Terrence Ross, Damian Lee, Karen Payne, Jock Lindell, Bismarck Biombo, TJ Warren, H. Wayne Wright played. They all played. I'm gonna read I'm gonna read you guys this. 4, 8, 10, 19, 22, 29. The bench scored 29 points. Again, isolate the starters, kill them with the bench. They're not two-way players. And only did Terry Ross do nothing. He wasn't even a one-way player. He struggled. He struggled. Majority. Four-sevenths of their bench was in the negatives. Now, I'm not saying the starting unit ain't better because they didn't. But I'm just saying, there's a lot more struggling going on. So let's compare this to the Warriors bench, who only had one, two, three, four, five players play. Compared to the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hold on. Three, six, yeah, seven. Players played for Phoenix. There is a difference. There is a two-player difference. I'm like, well, it's only two players. That means a lot, buddy. It does. So you have 20, 29. 35-39. That's a 13-point difference. That is a 13-point difference. That's a double-digit difference. And the final score is 123-112. to And I get that Clay Thompson had the impressive 33-point in first half. But he only finished with 38. Devin Booker counteracted that with 32. Donnie DiVincenzo only had 10. That could have been, that was beaten by Chris Paul. Kevon Looney only had 9. That was beaten by Josh Kogi. Draymond Green had 4. Being, uh, was coming in close by Tory Craig. But they were similar. Even though Draymond Green had a little more passing involved, it was still kind of similar. They were close. Stephen Curry had 23. But D.A. took care of that. You guys do realize it's coming down to the bench. And when the bench can't perform because there's not enough two-way players to stop this team, to stop any team, that's bad. But going beyond the two-way player, we have a real death, we have a real bench problem. 
Deaf is fine, bench is not because the deaf is in quantity, not quality. I love these guys, but it's not working out. It just simply is not working out. And I get it. Camera Payne is getting back into the swing of things. But Terrence Ross should not be going 1 of 5 and 15. Ish Wimmer should not be going 1 of 2 and 13. TJ Warren, whatever, he played 3 minutes. Jock Lindell actually played well for the 3 minutes. He got 2 2. That's all you can do in 3 minutes. It is what it is with Cameron Payne. He led the bench for 9 points and 3 assists. It's just bad. Damon Lee should not be going through 9 from the field in 18 minutes. But he still has 7 points and 5 rebounds. So it's whatever. That That's a serious problem, guys. That's an absolute problem. I think many people aren't taking it as such. Uh, this is great for opponents. And we're playing legitimate teams here. We lost to the reigning champs. That's a legitimate opponent. Forget about the record. They're a legitimate team. They're a legitimate opponent. I want everyone to understand that the Suns actually have a real crisis. Because we got rid of two players. Actually, free because Darius Baisley is not going to turn out the way that we all thought it was going to be. Not right now. He's not even playing. You get, I, you get, you keep Darius Saric. I get it was not going to work out, but come on, you try keeping him. You try everything because I rather have Mikel and Dario. Some Cam again. We were never going to be able to keep him. He just wanted too much. He wanted 10 million more than what we were going to get him. I didn't think the Suns were actually going to get him anything, to be honest. Plus, Cam is unknown with injuries. The injury bug on him. I, I love him in Brooklyn. I love the Twins, but injuries got the best of Cam. But I want this to be known for everyone. The bench is an issue. When you take away two-way players or very strong one-way players, you're going to get hosed. Just, that's a fact. That is a downright fact. And I don't know how many times I have to say to people. Because in that game, and I'm going to go beyond the stat line, because for us to only lose by 11 is a gosh darn miracle. First quarter, 43-21. Was not the Phoenix Suns. It was the Golden State Warriors. We were losing by 22. The Suns make it 37-32 in the second. Okay, we're getting some mojo. We're getting some mojo now. It's not the world's worst thing, right? We were able to edge out 58 points. To, to their 75 bad. It's bad, guys. And I don't mean to be taking long breaks or feeling deflated, but it's not the first time we had this rodeo. It's just not. Because when you go to the end of the second quarter and you see us losing 75-58, it's tough. 
It's tough. It's tough. Then third quarter, we're rebounding. We're rebounding. Bad news, guys. Bad, absolute news. So, let's go to 357. This is why I noted, this is why I saw. Della Booker misses 26-foot three-point jumper. Josh Kogi got the offensive rebound by making the tip shot. It's 87-84. Uh, Golden State Warriors, they get it within free. The Suns start missing shots with the 19-footer by D-Book. The running pull-up jump shot by CP, that misses. Cameron, I'm um, sorry, um, Bismarck Biombo, he can't make anything. After the free, once we have free 57 and going down, guess how many points he scored? Four! They scored four. The, the Warriors at 357 going on, went on 11-4 run. That's not good. And that put it at a 10-point game. It was a very dysfunctional game. Very sloppy game. I, I don't know how else to put it. It was a very dysfunctional, very heartbreaking game. And it enraged me. Because we had every single chance. We had momentum. Then we got scored. You just pull out the fire. They got the fire game with sure. And pull out the fire. It was as simple as that. They were going to stay firefighters. As cringy as it may sound. And then you go into the fourth quarter. And by my notes... I noticed something. It, it starts to take the Suns a while to score. It takes them a whole minute to score. And you're like, what's the problem with that? Now it's 190. You keep going through. You keep going through, right? And you see that you got this fighting chance. But it never gets better. Because now by the 916 mark, after Clay Johnson... Clay Thompson, 15 footer, 14 footer, it's 104 to 92. So that's a 12 point game. So you keep on going through, you keep on going through, and you're like, there has to be this major run. But it never got that way. Fouls were going, not a lot of shots were happening. It just got real ugly, really, really fast. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, this is legit sad. This is actually legit sad. Because it was not the Phoenix Suns game. It's not. It's not. It's not. I don't want to say this. It's not the loss that hurts me the most because every team loses. It's how we lost and why we lost. We know the why because it happened in the Kings game. And we know how we lost. Because it also happened in the Kings game. Um, it just gets really bad. It does. But I'm going to keep taking this play by play. Because I have, I have certain notes down here. But I'm just going through it all. So you're like, okay. DeAndre Drain, he makes a nice jumper. Makes an 18-foot jumper, Terry Ross assist, whatever. Makes a 107-96 with 8 minutes to go. That's super. But you continue going down that path. 
Finally at the 615 mark, the driving line up by D-Book gets him 100 points, but they're still down by 10. Then all of a sudden, you just see, come the 5 minute mark, they're down by 14. Come the 426 mark, they're down by 16. And now they're starting to battle. They're just trying to just do anything in their power. They have nothing. Now they're down by 18. I'm sorry, 17. Come the 251 mark. When they call a timeout. When the Suns call a timeout. It gets worse from there. So then, they stop scoring. Then, the, so... After the Steph Curry three-point jumper, at 2.53, they, they went scoreless for the final three minutes of the game. Why? Because they were, the Suns were toast. Because the Suns were able to score six points in the final three minutes. That's heartbreaking, and that just makes me so angry. Because even while the Warriors were struggling two times, at two critical times of the game, and the third and fourth quarter... You could not capitalize, and you allow them to have 11-4 run, you allow them to have all these runs, and you allow them just to stay on top. And it's very disgusting. You can't go 19% from free and expect to win. You can't go 48% from the field and expect to win. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. And that's with the Warriors missing 10 free throws. Just saying. Like, this loss comes down to inefficiency to score. Because at one point, the Suns were getting amazing looks. The right opportunities. They just couldn't cash them in. Even if it was a layup. Or something that resembled a layup. It was never going to work. And that's why the largest lead, the largest deficit they were facing was 25 points. It, it, it's, it's so sad. The Suns should have been able to win that game to become 30, um, before the Bucks game, 38 and 30. Not 37 and 31. I guess it is what it is. But it was so dysfunctional. It was so heartless. We just could not do anything right. And it's all we didn't care. We gave it our all. We tried. We battled. But then when we got stopped, all of our mail got stopped. When we hit the wall, we crashed and burned. 11 to 4 run. It's over. We had hope until the final four minutes of the third quarter when they went double digits and then we never were able to get single digits again that was meaningful. Then you have to play the back-to-back -back versus Milwaukee Bucks at home. I didn't watch much of the game, to be honest. I, I stuck around for the third and fourth quarter. I got to see that unfold. I, I watched the second half. First half, I just couldn't make it to the first half. Tori Craig lost a tooth in the third quarter. I've taken an inadvertent elbow from Antetokounmpo, but how is that not a flagrant foul? How is that like not a flagrant two? Because the Suns got hosed today. He got hosed. He got hosed that game. Like, 
how by how much do you have to hate the Phoenix Suns? Like Ante DeCoupo had 24 free throws. And Devin Book was matched up against a very physical, a very physical defender and Drew Holiday. And only had three free throw attempts. That's actually really sad. Giannis Antetokounmpo keeps getting bailed out, especially as the Phoenix Suns, or really against any team, because the refs are trying to make him this next big thing, and the league just wants him to be, oh, look at him, he's so dominant. He Look at him, he's forced his way. Oh, look at him go. Bro, if you give a guy 24 free points or 24 attempted free points, anyone could become a star. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's annoying. The first time Giannis got called for a foul, it was late to the third. He ended with one personal foul, and it was late to the third. A droid bogus is cheap. Like, it's really pathetic if you think about it. It really is. The refs just try to help the Bucks out every step of the way. You had a 21 free throw difference. You had a 21 free throw difference. Giannis got 24-37 for the Bucks. Devin Booker got free of the 23. You called... The Suns for 11 more fouls. But also, I just want to say, despite Giannis being carried by the refs and being coddled, Devin Booker was only 6 points behind. And he didn't have those 24 free throw attempts. He had free free throw attempts. And he was 100% from the field. But I'm just saying, that says a lot. Just saying, if you give the Suns those amount of fouls, you give them, if you let them go to the line, trip to the line that many times, they win that game. Just saying. So, was it the worst game I ever saw? No. Should the Suns be able to win it? Yeah, but they got robbed. I'm not going to hear and keep crying about it because our bench really didn't do anything. Bismarck, Biombo, TJ Warren, you're not expecting them to do anything. Terrence Ross is what it is. But, at least they put up uh, 33 points as a bench. They actually outscored. That scored them. What did I say? 38? Hold on. 33. My apologies. They outscored their bench by free. So. It just was really bad because. It was a back and forth game. Just the Suns got hosed because the refs keep coddling Giannis. He could take more than 10 seconds at the free throw line for a single free throw. Giannis can elbow a man in the face and make him lose his teeth. Oh, that's not a foul. Or, oh, that's not an ejection. I swear, that would have been an ejection if anyone else would have done that. But not Precious Giannis. Not the Bucks. It's actually really garbage if you think about it. And I'm not saying this as a Suns fan. I'm saying this as an NBA fan. Because I've seen crap hold like this a lot. Especially in favor for Giannis. Because I watch a lot of Bucks games. I watch a lot of those games. And there's a lot of crap going on. Where they're actually being affected by fishing. Where these opposing teams are being affected. 
And it's really, really sad. It just simply is. Quite frankly, it's sickening. Quite frankly, it is. And it's not enjoyable. It wasn't. Because while I was watching the Suns game, I was doing other things in the meantime. Because I'm like, this is not enjoyable. It's just not. Because Giannis, oh, because he's had a lot more offensive fouls. The Suns or any team should not be called for that many defensive fouls. In fact, Giannis should be started being called for offensive fouls. Because he's using his body a lot more than the defense is. For the Suns, for the Nets, for any team. For any team, for any defender, beyond the Suns, it's actually really sickening. But I'm not going to keep going into it. The Suns just have to take it like a man. I know the Bucks can't, but coddled their entire time are refs. Whatever. I get that they have talent and stuff, but um, makes you wonder. I'm just saying, guys. It's just real interesting to me. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying with this Giannis Antetokounmpo stuff and how much garbage he's able to get away. Still trying to make him the face of the NBA post-LeBron. It's not going to work. And we get garbage like this. No wonder why guys don't want to play defense anymore because it suits offense. And that's really, really bogus. It's really, really cheap. And that's just a straight-up, non-biased fact. You should make an article about that. But do the research yourself, guys. It's a fact. But, that being said, I'm going to shut about that, about that talking point, whatever you want to call it. And I'm going to talk about the Suns now. I'm going to get back to them. And to say, with me saying all of that, this is all I have. We just have some deep issues. We do. Well, I don't want to say a deep, deep where they can't be resolved. But it's deep enough where it's causing us losses over and over and over and over again. That's a straight up fact. Straight up fact. The Suns have to get down under control. There's always pros and cons to that Kevin Durant trade. I've said it from the beginning. I'll continue to say it now. I love Kevin Durant. I'm happy we got him. But it's always going to be those pros and cons. And I get that. But it's hard us now. It's costing us now. And with the West being so tight... You just have to continue on. You just have to truck on. That's pretty much all that you can do. Honestly, I, I can't think of anything else. I, I just can't. It's sad to say that, but what can you do? Not a whole lot, guys. Not a whole lot. So, guys, with that being said... I'm going to be wrapping up the podcast episode here, the bonus podcast episode. Thank you to everyone who tuned in, sticking to the end. I uh, greatly appreciate you guys. Again, you know where to find us. Keep listening to my podcast episodes, especially the ones that came out the past few days about the Kevin Durant injury, about the biggest injury that's impacted the West. I'm going to keep breaking down these awards. I'm pretty much done with that. Friday, we're going to go back to our normal segments, most likely. I can't think of anything else. But yeah, guys, keep checking out those podcast episodes detailing the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Deep Poi, Six Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, and Coach of the Year. Just keep rocking it, guys. And until next time, guys, I'll see y'all on Friday. 
Peace out.